0: Just having a nice cup of tea with uh, Peter. I've got quite a nice hotel, a nice room to myself, which is nice.
1: That was my mother Audrey, not in a hotel in Malta, but in a nursing home in Bidston. We won't hear much from Audrey. Sadly, I didn't record the stories of her life before Alzheimer's disease set in. The last time I saw her, she no longer remembered my name or who I was.
0: I get my food there, so. All in all, I'm well looked after.
1: A chilling statistic is that by the time we die, presuming we live to at least 65, one in three of us will have some form of dementia. It's often referred to as the quiet crisis because of the pressure dementia care will place on families and social services in the future. It's not cancer care that could bankrupt the National Health Service. It's the cost of caring for the large number of us who will get dementia. Graham Smith is a mental health nurse by training and leads a
2: group of 44 allied health lecturers and researchers at Liverpool John Moores University. Society is getting older, certainly across Europe, and as people get older, then prevalence of dementia will also increase as well. Some figures state that it will treble by 2050. Alzheimer's
1: is one form of dementia. There's no known cure or effective treatment for it. Like an oil slick, it creeps through the mind... Tangling with connections of neurons in the brain that create memory. It doesn't matter how many times you try to recall it's the
3: memory's not going to come back. Because you have a build-up of plaques, and the electrical signals don't go across. So it's like having a rubber cap on the end of an electrical signal, or your um, remote control on your television. But if the batteries are flat, it doesn't matter how many times you press that button, the signals are not going across.
1: That was Tommy Dunn. He's 61, and was diagnosed with early-onset Alzheimer's three years ago. What I learned from watching the progression of Alzheimer's disease in a loved one is that it's a cruel and insidious disease that chips away at what defines us, our memory. For my mum, it started with forgetting names and places. When Audrey went to Malta for the winter, she'd go to the hotel buffet for dinner, but then couldn't remember where she was sitting. Like a captain on the bridge of a ship, She'd scan the horizon of tables, hoping to find some visual cue that would trigger the memory of where to go with her dinner tray. Fortunately, her friends in the hotel would shout, Over here, Audrey, and help her out with a laugh and a kind smile. One winter, I realised her memory loss had progressed, when she went to dance a Foxtrot with the MC. A dance she'd won awards for. She was, after all, a gold medal ballroom dancer, and it was as if she had two left feet. Dance steps she knew by heart were suddenly unfamiliar. Her deep-seated memory of them, ingrained through hours of practice, was no longer readily available. I can't imagine what it must be like to know you've a disease that can't be cured, for which there's no effective treatment, and one that will ultimately turn you into a shell of your former self. Tommy Dunn has faced that reality.
3: My initial thought was, oh my God, my life's over. You know, I'm going to be put in a home. You know, I'll have people come and visit me every
1: six weeks and then it'll go to six months and then they'll come at christmas but it's not all doom and gloom people can live well with dementia if they're provided with care and support one thing we do need to do is create more awareness about dementia graham
2: smith unfortunately there's a a stigma and a, a stereotype that if you're if you've got dementia you can't do lots of things obviously As the condition progresses, it does have an impact upon a person's ability to function. But usually it can be over a long period of time. So during that period of time, a person has a life to lead, has a life to live. It's about supporting that independence. As the number of people
1: with dementia grows,
2: those who provide services in
1: shops and transport will need to be educated on how they can help people with dementia maintain their independence and do the things we all take for granted. People they hear the, the word
3: dementia and to get it mixed up with the word demented. We don't lose our intelligence. We, we just have this little gap where you're looking for a word to come out. And sometimes uh, some of the words don't go in. I always say, sorry, I, I didn't quite understand. So people then shout, thinking you're deaf.
1: But you look normal to me. It's hard to think that you actually have anything wrong with you.
3: <laughs> you're just summed it up completely there because someone said to me, you don't look as if you've got dementia. And I said, well, what does a person with dementia look like? Only people can't tell just by looking at someone they've got dementia. I mean, you couldn't tell someone had a heart trouble just looking at them, you know. It just doesn't make sense to me that we should be frightening people about dementia. We should be uh, educating them about it, you know, that you can actually live well
1: with dementia. Tommy Dunn has Alzheimer's and is an advocate for greater dementia awareness. People who have dementia are not demented. Graham Smith from Liverpool John Moores University says people want to live in the familiar surroundings of their own homes
2: for as long as possible. Because most people, when you talk to them that have dementia or talk to the carers, they want to live at home. They don't want to go into hospital. They don't want to be looked after in nursing homes. They want to be as independent as possible. They want to do things and have a life. Somebody could be diagnosed with dementia at the age of 65 and have 20 years of a good life. One innovative local initiative here in Liverpool... is helping
1: people live well with dementia is the Pass on the Memories programme, run by Everton Football Club in partnership with Merseycare NHS Trust. Henry Mooney is the club's community engagement
4: officer. The programme provides lots and lots of different initiatives, memorabilia, reminiscence sessions, we visit the football clubs, Liverpool, Everton and Tramia Rovers. But it's not just about football, we've got a lot of genetic memorabilia so we don't just go visiting football clubs we're going out today out to, you know, the Museum of Liverpool. There's not a lot of things, you know, for people to go, you know, particularly with a lot of the cuts now, you know, and so I think we've been able to and successful in providing an alternative which helps towards enabling people both A to stay at home and B to live a better quality of life.
1: So it doesn't matter if you're not an Everton fan?
4: No, not at all. We probably got more Liverpool fans here. And that. Not that we try to convert them You know, we've got a lot of Liverpool memorabilia as well You know, um, we go to Anfield as well So that jogs the memories And I think a lot of the families in this city are very interlinked You know, they've got Evertonians and, and Liverpoolians in the same family, you know and a lot of the memories are the same, you know, when I went start coming to watch football eleven, I went in the boys' pen, they did at Liverpool as well, you know, and we, we used to go back and forth every, every week. You know, uh, my brother was a Liverpoolian, um, so we used to go one Saturday, was football was played traditionally on the Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, so we'd go to Anfield one Saturday and Goodison the next, you know, it was only sixpence then to get in the boys' pen, you know, so it was a bit cheaper than it is now. When my mum, Audrey, had moderate Alzheimer's, she'd spend a lot
1: of time at home on her own, And when she did go out, she'd have little social interaction.
2: Graham Smith from Liverpool John Moores University explains why this is a problem. One of the biggest risk factors in in any kind of mental health condition is social isolation. There is some research in places like Sweden, for example, where individuals in their 80s have to stop driving and then they become unwell with dementia quite quickly because they become socially isolated so it's about what we call protective factors if you start to take those things away then a person is more likely to decline quicker and that's kind of a key message to 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 get across so we need to make sure those things are still in there happening and helping assisting that individual to be well
1: that's why programs such as Everton's Pass on the Memories have such an important role to play in living well with dementia Tommy Dunn participates in the programme at Goodison. Pass on the memories. God,
3: it changed my life completely. I've got a new family. I've got new friends. We go out into the city. It's just made a hell of a difference to everyone. Everyone within the group, I've seen them blossom. They're like flowers, you know. They come in and they're like a bud that's dead tight. And you see them opening up every week. And the more they come, the more they open up. And it's, it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, when you come here... We don't think we've got dementia, we just feel as if you're coming to a club meeting, a group meeting, not for dementia, just a group of
1: friends. What Everton is doing is a tremendous way to give back and engage with the local community, many of whom are fans that have supported the club all their life, who now need help in return. It's an innovative way to deliver mental health services that many other sports clubs around the world could follow. But it's not enough just to have community support. We need to think about all aspects of care if people are to live well with dementia. When my mum could no longer cope at home, even with the support from carers who came in several times a day, she had to go into a nursing home. Although her carers were wonderful and kind to her, I often found it a depressing place to visit. She'd spend most of her day sitting in a standard nursing home chair with limited cognitive stimulation, other than a television high up on a wall creating mindless noise. I am excited to find out that you can design buildings, and in particular nursing homes, to be dementia-friendly and provide more cognitive stimulation. Joy McDonnell works for Liverpool City Council. A qualified architect, she was client lead for the design and construction of a new dementia support centre in Norris Green.
0: The idea for the building really is that it's not just a building, it's part of the whole holistic process of of care for people with dementia. People don't come here just to do an activity, the building itself is, is part of the activity. So everything that's in this building has been designed with dementia in mind.
1: What impressed me during the visit was the attention to detail and that users with dementia had been consulted during its design.
0: We are presently in the link between the old building and the new building. And one of the main things you really notice is that the new building is full of lots of natural daylight. It's not just a window, it's a view onto seasons, it's a view onto what people are doing, it's a view onto the natural world. And instead of having lots of handrails where people, it looks disabled, we put lots of seats along the way. Every seat has a beautiful view and every seat is in a a red color because red is a very important uh, color with dementia. It's almost one of the last colors really to go. It's the one that we always recognize. So we've used that as a, a marker throughout the building as a wayfinding thing, because the thing about dementia is if people are confused, you want to give them clarity through the building Clarity of circulation, so that people can always articulate where they are. So there's lots of visual pointers like red seats, views to the garden. and We've used a, a continuing theme of artwork through the corridors.
1: Until I went to Sedgemoor, I hadn't appreciated the significance of the colour red to those with dementia. It certainly explains why the entrance to the building has two large red wings that welcome you in. What's more, colour is used throughout the building to provide visual cues that help people with dementia find their way around. Joy again.
0: When I look at other buildings, it's all the same. You could be anywhere, but in this building, every room is different. In different rooms, there's different kinds of furniture, which again acts as a memory for people using the building. So... There might be the purple chairs, the blue chairs, but each room is colour-coded so that people can orientate themselves around this building either through colour or memory pointers.
1: Another of the things that took me by surprise at Sedgemoor was the use of original artwork. It wasn't something I expected to see in a public building.
0: So on the outside of the building we've got plain render, we've got cedar wood, but then on the inside walls of the garden we've engaged with Robert Dawson who's an international artist and all the walls on the garden are tiled and each tile is individually painted and fired in Staffordshire. That artwork was developed with a a group of service users and is based on the flooring in St George's Hall so it does have a connection to Liverpool. It's there to stimulate memories of Liverpool and it's also just there to look at and be rather beautiful instead of looking at a plain wall it's an interesting wall Uh, and if you actually see the tiles themselves which break up it could also be a metaphor for dementia when sometimes things are in focus and then sometimes things break up and memory floats away.
1: Each entrance back in from the garden has different coloured tiles.
0: Apart from being a thing of beauty, it's also a pointer as to how you get back in the building because people with dementia like to wander quite freely. So the garden is actually an intrinsic part of the building. No doors are locked. People can wander. And when they need to get back into the building, there's lots of visual pointers for them to find their way back. The art isn't something that is hung on the walls of the building, it's an integral, intrinsic part of the fabric of the building, delivering what we hope is a holistic experience for everybody who visits here. It'll always be there, people can't move it around or whatever, it is part of sedgemoor it is Sedgmore.
1: So, So what gave you the idea to focus on such level of detail, because again we think of council public buildings as very utilitarian...
0: I suppose for me personally, every building I design or think about designing, I think, would I like to go there? Would I be interested in going there? I wanted to show that for the public pound, you could get a really good quality building. It's not the amount of money you throw at a building, it's, it's the quality of the design you, you, you put into it. And I wanted a non-institutionalised building, and I think we've really achieved that. So everything in this building really is, I suppose, an extension of myself. What would I like? Is it suitable for dementia? I didn't want to just meet people's standards, I wanted to exceed them within the budget that we were given to show what you can actually get for the public spend. That's my pound as a taxpayer, and I wanted that reflected in the quality of the building that hopefully we've achieved here.
1: Earlier this year, Liverpool City Council's Sedgemoor Dementia Support Centre won a well-deserved National Design Award for best chair complex.
0: The judges were completely bowled over by the quality we've delivered in the public sector. Out of a thousand entries, we were the only public sector building. And our competitors have spent 15 million, 12 million. We spent about a total of 2 million here.
1: Well, I think you've set the bar very high for future projects.
0: I hope so. That was the idea, really, just to show people what you can achieve. You know, if you've got the attention to detail, good design, and also the vision. And I think it's not just for the people using this building, the service users, it's for the staff as well, because it's not only the people who come here, you've got to inspire the staff who are delivering the service.
1: Sedgemore is the type of dementia care facility that I would like everyone to experience. Certainly, if Liverpool City Council can create a publicly funded building like this, for the same price as they would an oblong box design, why can't others repeat it around the country? But Sedgmore isn't just about design. It's a building that incorporates technology. Joy McDonnell again.
0: There's an idea that older people just sit around waiting for someone to play the piano and Mrs Mills and roll out the barrel. Well, I'm an older person now. We're used to technology. So to future-proof our buildings, we need that technology built in. And also if people bring younger children, they can go on Skype, they can go on the games, they can log on to the Wi-Fi here. So rather than not wanting to come, people do want to come. And I think it's all about incorporating that technology.
1: When I was living in the United States and my mum was in a nursing home in Bidston, I certainly would have appreciated the opportunity to Skype her and do a FaceTime video chat on a regular basis. People with Alzheimer's can use technology to great effect. Tommy Dunn says Twitter gives him the opportunity to write down thoughts before they're gone. Tell us about being active on Twitter, because I wouldn't have expected someone with Alzheimer's to be on Twitter.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was just purely by accident I got into Twitter. My my daughter uh, was on Twitter and Facebook and all that, and I didn't know what it was. And then I started uh, going on it, and then I thought, oh this is a way it could actually help raise awareness of um, dementia so I started to just putting my thoughts down because I thought oh, this is great this because sometimes
1: you can have thoughts and then they're gone. I really admire what Tommy is doing to support others with dementia and educate people about how you can live well with dementia. But it's not just about using Skype or Twitter. Sedgemoor takes home theatre to the next level through an interactive 4D room where images and sounds can be projected to stimulate memory or engage during moments of lucidity. Liverpool City Council's Joy MacDonald continues the tour.
0: The technology in here is that we've got a wall that opens out and we can project any kind of image on it. So that in the morning sometimes people come in and we put lots of pictures of sunflowers, bright yellow, a sort of colour therapy in a way it can work. And then in the evening we can take them and we can put them in an aquarium. They can swim under the sea. I like to call this the Phileas fog room really because people can go around the world but never actually leave the centre It's about sound, it's about light, it's about image. So there was a gentleman here, he was quite agitated and always wanted to go home. But we downloaded images of of his own home and we brought him in here and we put friends and family, his pets... So, when he came in here, he immediately relaxed. And after a while, he stopped asking to go home and asking where his bus pass was. The other week, um, we had lots of pictures of the Philharmonic pub in Liverpool. And people came in here almost like a pub night. And it refreshed people's memory about things. We can put different pictures up and ask people questions like the Beatles who's that? what songs, we can have the music playing at the same time. So it's a really stimulating environment. On the other interactive screen, you can wave your hands and the leaves will fall from the trees. So People often have the most amazing stories to tell, which you wouldn't normally find because in a lot of traditional places, people are just sat in chairs, nobody's stimulating them, and perhaps when they do have moments of lucidity, it's impossible to capture that. you know. But here, having technology, you can just tap it in immediately and bring it to life. It's not as though you have to go and find a reference book or a picture using this interactive room is a place where old and young can come together and and share memories and and it's a fun place to do it
1: i think that's tremendous the idea that carers can upload photographs that trigger personal memories when i went to visit my mum audrey she'd often asked when she was going home my mum simply couldn't comprehend that the nursing home was now her home I would have loved the opportunity to use multimedia to take her back to familiar surroundings and reduce her anxiety. I was hugely impressed by my visit to Sedgemoor, and I certainly hope this is a vision of what nursing homes and dementia care facilities look like across the country in the future. What the 4D interactive room at Sedgemoor clearly shows us is the power of technology to engage and stimulate memories. Liverpool John Moores University and MerseyCare NHS Trust are the UK leads on a pan-European project to develop innovative approaches
2: to dementia care using the latest technology. What we're doing within the project is supporting individuals with dementia to live the best life that they can, or what the government talks about, living well with dementia, and that's the focus.
1: Graham Smith
2: says people are already finding their own solutions. I know of people that are already starting to use smartphone technology to use GPS to help them go from the golf course, come back again, go and fetch the paper, know where they are, phone the relative to say they're safe, receive prompts from the relatives to do certain things because it's about supporting that independence. I can appreciate the benefits of technology that allows carers to better check
1: whether meals have been eaten, for relatives to track their loved ones when they go out and create opportunities for stimulating engagement. At Liverpool John Moores University, users help
2: develop technology solutions to meet their own needs. The problem with technology within the area of dementia is that it doesn't meet the real needs of people with dementia. And there's a lot of unmet needs as well. And it's not Graham Smith telling people living with dementia what the solution is to their challenges. It's actually facilitating people living with dementia to discover their own solutions. So we create an environment where people living with dementia, businesses, academics, policymakers, health and social care providers work together to develop those solutions that people identify in relation to living well with dementia key thing for us could be developing technology so we're involved in the house of memories reminiscence technology and they wanted to co-create something driven by people living with dementia so they had an opportunity to take their designs to our project our partnership group and from day one start to co-create an app that people living with dementia have co-created but also can validate as well and use Dave Burrows is CEO of the software company Demiboo and helped design the
5: app. People living with dementia lose their present memories and their early memories first before they lose their past. So it's almost as though their memory gets wiped from the present going backwards in time. So they remember things that they did when they were uh, maybe 30 or 40 or even 20s or even in their young teens. And as the um, condition progresses... That's how far back the memory goes. So how do you use the House of Memories app? You best use the app by sitting down with the person living with dementia and touching start activity and then just seeing which images trigger a memory. The images are all based around items in the collection of the Museum of Liverpool. So inside the app there's 130 objects and each object is supported by up to three images, maybe sound as well and maybe music and also video. And the sound could be clattering milk bottles, the music could be 1960s you know, pop music. For something like a train, we went for the noise of a train on a track, the, the clitty-clack, which is extremely provocative to everybody that hears it. They're immediately sent back to a time in the childhood of sitting on a train. The House of Memories app is available as a free download. It's a good way to
1: test whether this type of reminiscence therapy does stimulate memory in a loved one with dementia. Dave Burrows again.
5: At the moment you can download apps that will allow you to import your own photos and build a memory tree. Where this fits into that process is that if you come home one day and your mum says, oh I've got dementia, and you have heard something about reminiscence therapy and she's starting to lose her memory in the near past then a lot of people won't suddenly think, right let's go through all the old pictures and, and bring them out. This will allow them to download the app and test out reminiscence therapy very easily, very quickly, to see if the person with dementia likes the experience and likes the activity. So this is like a bridge app that allows you to road test whether the concept works? Yeah, so the House of Memories app is is more like a a bridging app between full-on reminiscence therapy with your own images, collecting them from the past and from generic images of Liverpool. Producing this audio documentary has been a personal
1: journey for me. Having experience of a loved one with Alzheimer's gave me access to facilities and people to talk to. When I went to Moor, I thought of how my mum would have loved to wander around and sit on its red benches and look out into the garden. How she could have been transported back to familiar surroundings using the 4D interactive room. She would have got on great with people like Tommy Dunn at Everton. When she lived at home... I could have imagined her sitting down in her conservatory and using the House of Memories app to stimulate memories of the time she worked in Liverpool during the Second World War. One thing I do wish I had done is recorded more of my mother's voice and the family stories and memories of her life. We should all create an oral history while we can, as who knows where the journey of life will take us.
0: give my best wishes to all the family and everyone who knows me. And I love you dearly, and I love everyone. Bye-bye, my darling.
1: Audrey Dropper died on March 28th. She was 89.